loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for...
Well, good evening. I want to welcome you tonight to Victory Christian Fellowship. This is our Wednesday night refreshing service. The Bible promises us in Acts 3.19 that times of refreshing will come from his presence. You know, refreshing, we could all use some refreshing. Amen. No matter what you've been going through this week or what you've had to face, God is on your side and he'll help you. He's got the power to propel you forward, to get you unstuck, to do amazing things. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful that we serve a good God. And we just exalt the name of Jesus tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that your presence is moving and it's operating and it's working right here, right now. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
a consuming fire. He's a holy fire. His glory shows up in fire. There is a fire from the Lord. Elijah called down fire on the false prophets of Baal. Tongues of fire appeared on the day of Pentecost. And God lit his church up. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your fire flowing tonight. We bless you, Lord, for your fire. It burns the wood, the hay, and the stubbles of our lives. It burns up our dead works. It purifies us. We can feel the warmth of your love that burning love that you have for us, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the holy fire of God. Thank you, Lord, that it burns bright. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you are here, and we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. Learn how to yield to me. Get in the flow. Move how I move. Make yourselves available. Don't be stiff-necked or stuck in your own ways. But be open. For I have a way that is greater than yours, higher than yours. But I'll bring you up. So open your heart to me right now and however I want to move let me move thank you Lord Jesus oh hallelujah amen well you may have your seats we are so glad that you are here with us tonight this week on Friday we begin our annual women's conference excited about that Lives are going to be changed. People are going to experience the freedom of the Lord. 
And uh, it starts Friday at uh, 6 p.m. And then uh, there'll be a Saturday morning session at uh, 10 a.m. And then uh, our speaker, Dr. Michael Jacobs, uh, he'll also be our guest on Sunday at 10 a.m. And uh, so we're going to have a great weekend experiencing the power and the presence of God. And uh, before I dismiss the kids tonight, I just want to read something to you from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25. Have you ever thought that a gift could save your life? Well, here's a story of a gift that saved a family line. And in uh, 1 Samuel 25, um, David had, he was running from Saul. Saul was pursuing him and, and he was on the run and he encountered uh, Nabal's sheep herders who were shearing their sheep. And that was a big celebration of that time. And uh, he sent some young men to Nabal. And he asked for some provisions, whatever he could spare. Now, Nabal had 3,000 sheep. He was a very wealthy individual. And uh, especially at this time, it was customary to share with people. But, you know, Nabal didn't respond too well. He said, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? Well, if you knew what his father's name was, I guess he knew who he was. Right? And, and Nabal spoke very roughly, and he refused to help David. Now, David was a soldier and he was tired and weary and he was like, everybody put your swords on. <laughs> We're going to go take care of this family. And, uh, but Abigail, Nabal's wife, she hears a message from one of the young men. And one of the young men testified, they said when they were in the fields, David and his men guarded them, protected them. No, they suffered no loss. While David helped them. So look at verse 18. So Abigail, uh, David is going to kill every male in Nabal's family. Okay? And uh, verse 18 of chapter 25, Abigail hurried and took 200 loaves of bread, two jugs of wine, five sheep already prepared, five measures of roasted grain, a hundred clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys. Now that took some time. That took some preparation. Okay? And uh, she saw David, you know, and she, she bowed down before him. She spoke to him like a king. All right? And uh, go down to verse 27. Verse 27. She said, Now this gift which your maidservant has brought, my Lord, let it be given to the young men who accompany and follow my Lord. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a secure and enduring house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord, and evil will not be found in you all your days. And uh, go down to verse 32. David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to meet me this day, and blessed be your discretion and your discernment. That's the Amplified. And blessed be you. All right. Verse uh, 35. So David accepted what she had brought to him and said to her, go up to your house in peace. Everybody say in peace. See, I have listened to you 
and have granted your request. Had not Abigail interceded and given a gift to David's men, her family line would have been destroyed. But she she gave a gift, amen? And as a result of her giving, David honored her, David received the gift, and she was blessed, amen? So how many of you want to be blessed? Then you have an opportunity, not an obligation, an opportunity to give, amen? Here at VCF, you can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, we thank you for watching, and you can give through our website that way. Or you can give through our our bookstore. Father, I just thank you for every giver and their gifts, Lord. I call them blessed. I call them protected and prospered in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And you can really give that anytime during the service. All right, we have some, we have kids' life. That's kids living in faith every day. And we're so grateful for our teachers and our kids. Kids, we want to dismiss you now. Have a good night. You know, we're grateful for the people who pick up the kids, who take home the kids, who teach the kids, who who help. Amen. You know, and uh, if you ever needed a ride or, you know, someone that does, you can contact the church and uh, we'll pick you up in our van. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, that God is good. You know, he's going to expand our our delivery service. And uh, there's a, in the works of uh, getting a, a bus given to us. Amen. And uh, we just uh, thank God for the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you're here tonight. How many are hungry for the word? You know, the word of God is, is God's gift to us, but it doesn't work for us automatically. We have to put faith in it. We have to believe it. Amen? And we've been singing about God's love tonight. And uh, there is a very powerful force that God has made available to every believer. But yet, we have to be the ones to access it. It's around us. It's available to us. And... It'll get you unstuck. How many's ever been stuck? Well, there's something that will get you unstuck. It's called the mercy of God. And tonight I want to talk to you about the cry of mercy. Amen? If you want mercy, it's available to you, but you're going to have to activate it. You're going to have to cry for it. I'm not talking about weeping tears, but I'm talking about raising your voice. And tapping into the mercy of God. You know, when you woke up this morning, God's mercies are new. And every day, his mercies, mercies are new. Amen? So let me tell you some things that mercy does. Mercy is a rescue line from God that delivers us out of trouble. You know, if someone's drowning... They could throw a rope with that, that tube on it that floats, right? And that's a rescue line. If someone's in trouble, mercy is God's rescue line. How many has ever been in trouble? How many has ever made a mess? Amen? Yeah, we've all been there. 
But thank God for his mercy. His mercy got you out of that mess. God's mercy, mercy is God's gracious favor that is bestowed upon us. It's his gracious favor. Hallelujah. Mercy prevents us from getting what we should have gotten. And grace gives us what we don't deserve. Amen? Mercy is another chance at doing things right. You know, if you've made a mistake in life and you've messed up, you, you can call on God's mercy and he'll give you an opportunity to do things right. Amen? Amen. Thank God for his mercy. His mercy is powerful. And we're going to learn how to activate that tonight. Mercy is a way out when you're up against the ropes, when your back is against the wall, and when you're between a rock and a hard place. You can call upon God and he will extend his mercy to you and get you out of that trouble right there. Mm. Mercy is God's compassion in action. The mercy of God. Mercy comes to you when you request it. Yes, it's available. It's available to anybody, but you got to request it. And we're going to see some examples of people who did just that. Because they needed help. They needed deliverance. They needed healing. Mercy is your lifeline that prevents you from drowning, being overwhelmed, defeated, or destroyed. It prevents you. Hallelujah. Mercy is God's first responder when you need rescue. Hallelujah. Mercy is God's strength that makes up for any weakness that we may have. Yeah, let the weak say, I'm what? Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, because sometimes our physical bodies get weak. Sometimes we get wore out. Amen? And we need mercy. We need God's mercy to come on the scene and to lift us up. Hallelujah. It's mercy that goes into a burning building and pulls you out. It's a mercy, it's mercy that takes you to the hospital when you've been in an accident. It's the mercy. It's the compassion. Hallelujah. Here's a good one. Mercy is God's goodness overriding any bad thing that happened to you. It's God's goodness that overrides any bad thing that may have happened to you. Mercy is God's deliverance. It's his help, it's his strength, his power, his love, his forgiveness, and it's his gift to rescue you. When you don't know what to do or where to go, you can cry out for mercy. And God's mercy will show up. Just like that. God's mercy is quick, immediate, and powerful. Mercy helps you maintain holy courage 
and causes you to persevere through any struggle. Mercy is received by faith and it improves your life. Go with me to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. Hallelujah. Oh, you picked a good night to be here. Actually, every night is a good night to be here. Hallelujah. Exodus 33. Let's start with verse 14. God is making a promise here to Moses. And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. How many want God's presence? How many want his rest? You know, when God gives you rest, it doesn't matter what situation and you can rest any time because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, come to me, all those who are heavy laden with burdens, and I will give you rest. He'll put put your soul to rest. He'll relieve you of the burden and the weight that you've been carrying around. This is God's mercy. Verse 15. And Moses said unto him, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't carry carry us up from here. I'm telling you what, you've got to be a stickler to God's presence. Amen. You've got to be a promoter of God's presence. You've got to be a participant with God's presence. Amen. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to go. Amen. Moses had learned to appreciate God's presence. All right. Verse 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I, I, I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not that you go with us? So shall we be separated, and I and your people from the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing that you have what? That you have asked. How many know? Sometimes you gotta ask God for things. Yeah, He knows what you need, but you gotta ask Him. Why? Because asking demonstrates faith. It demonstrates belief and trust. Amen? I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know your name. I'm telling you, God is a relational God. He gives mercy to those who know him and to those whom he knows. Amen. Are you in a relationship with God? Glory to God. It's the the most important relationship that you have to have on this planet. All right. And then verse 18, Moses gets bold. He said, show me your glory. How many ever asked God to show you his glory? Did you know that God is the only God that shares his glory with people, with his worshipers? I'm telling you, God, God shares his glory with us. Now, we don't get the whole thing because we couldn't handle it, but he shares part of it. Amen. Verse 19. Now, notice Moses asks for glory, but notice notice God's response. And I will make all my goodness, all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. Amen. Our God is a merciful God. 
and he likes to show mercy. Mercy was meant to be shown and shared and experienced and encountered. Hallelujah. So he hid, he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and God passed before him and he got to see a glimpse, glimpse of his backside. Why? Because if Moses were to see the full glory of God, his physical body wouldn't be able to handle it. Amen. It's so awesome, so incredible. Words can't even describe the, the brilliance and the magnificence of the glory of God. So, mercy is something that we have been given. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's mercy in the house tonight. But you've got to activate it. If you need mercy to help you with something, you've got to cry out for it. The cry, there is a cry of mercy. When you cry for it, God will give it to you. How do you know a baby needs milk? Because they let you know. How many, how many know that babies let you know? Right? They do the only thing that they can do. Ah! Right? They let you know. They're crying out for milk. Or change or sleep. Right? But, but they let you know. See, and we gotta let God know. If you need mercy, it's available to you, but you gotta activate it. You gotta call for it. You gotta request it. And when you request it, God will give it. Amen? Second Corinthians 4. Look at verse 1. And let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. He said, moreover, it is required as stewards that a man be found faithful. He said, but it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet I am hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm reading you from 1 Corinthians, and I was wondering why it was different. And y'all just sat there and listened. All right, I'm in the right one now. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 4, 1, therefore... Seeing we have this ministry, we have received what? And notice what's after we receive mercy. We faint not. Why? The mercy we received, it invigorates us. It strengthens us. It empowers us. Everybody say, I've received mercy. Every one of us have received mercy. We are recipients of the mercy of God. Why? You ain't going to hell. If you know Jesus, you ain't, I know that's not bad, that's not good English, but you ain't going to hell. That's a good thing. Amen? We all receive mercy. We have received mercy. And therefore, we faint not. That means we don't quit. We don't give up. Hallelujah. Because I have mercy from God. I can go and do what I need to do. I can go what I've been assigned to do. Why? I have mercy. Knowing that you have mercy ought to make you bold. Knowing that you have mercy ought to make you go into the end. Amen? You run your race until you cross the finish line. Knowing that you have mercy, mercy did not come upon you to quit. 
Mercy did not come upon you to give up. Mercy came upon you to resuscitate you and say, come on, let's finish this thing. Because we have received mercy, we faint not. Hallelujah. The, the New Living Translation says, because we have received mercy, we never give up. Hoo-hoo. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says, because of this, it, is, it has not been uh, tiresome to us in this ministry, which we have hold as mercy has been upon us. Did you know that mercy will cause you to overcome trouble? It'll cause you to go through challenges. Amen. Knowing that you have the mercy of God. Hallelujah. How many are grateful for the mercy? Ephesians 2, 4 says God is rich in mercy. <laughs> we, we, our God is loaded in mercy. That's why he can give it out every day. He can give it out to 7 billion people on this planet and still have much left over. Our God is rich in mercy. He's not poor. He, he is overflowing. It's perpetual. Hallelujah. He is ever creating mercy, making it available to us every day. See, my God's rich in mercy. Think about that. He's rich in mercy. He's never going to run out of mercy. But the only way to... I, if you need to get money from your bank, can you just sit at home, don't get on the phone, don't get on the computer and expect money to come to you? No, if you, if you did, show me that trick. I'd like to know that trick. You have to make contact with the bank in some way, shape, or form, either through your card at the ATM or going to the bank itself or going on your computer and logging into your account. Otherwise, you can't access what your account has. Is that right? Same thing is true with God. Too many people, they just want to sit in the pew and they want to leave everything up to God. God, if you want me to have it, you'll give it. No, that's not true. You got to believe it and you got to receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's mercy for healing. There's mercy for deliverance and oppression. There's mercy for affliction and abuse. There's mercy for transgression. Like, if you messed up, there's a mercy for that. Amen? I want to look at these. I want to go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, and I want you to see something here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And if you came in here heavy tonight, you can leave lighter. If you came in here sick or ailed tonight, you can leave whole and healed. If you came in here lost tonight, you can leave found. It all depends on how you're going to interact with the mercy of God. It's here. It's available. You have a right to it, but you've got to request it. Amen? We're going to get a revelation of that tonight. Okay? 
And in Luke 17, go down to verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He passed through Palmyra and Lebanon County. Okay? And he entered into a certain village named Palmyra. And there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So I want you to get this picture. Here is Jesus coming through this town, and there are ten lepers, right? And they're standing away because lepers couldn't really interact with the regular community. They had to be kind of quarantined, right? Because they had a contagious disease. Okay? And so they... How many know that you need mercy for leprosy? Mercy can handle leprosy. Mercy is stronger than leprosy. Mercy is greater than leprosy. Mercy can overcome leprosy and wipe it out. There is not even any competition between leprosy and mercy. If you had leprosy, you'd want to get rid of it. But you know what? Leprosy is a type of sin. It represents sinfulness. And how many know if you're carrying around sin, you want to get rid of it? I've got this stain of sin on me and I can't get it out. Oh, I got, I got some crimson tie that'll get it out. There's not a stain that will stay on the clothing with this crimson tide called the blood of Jesus. So they stood afar off and they lifted up their what? Come on, that's two people. They lifted up their what? They lifted up their voices. Why? They're about to activate something. They want something. They need something, but they're about to activate something. Say, I'm about to activate something. See, if you want something from God, you got to activate something. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master. Notice these next three words, or four words, five words. I don't care how many they are. Have, have what? Have mercy on us. Everybody say, have mercy on us. Have mercy on me. See, if you want it, you've got to ask for it. If you want it, you've got to request it. If you want it, this is how we do it by faith. Faith is an action word. You know, if faith sees its boat out from shore, it's not going to wait till the boat comes in. The faith is going to jump in that water and swim to the boat. Right? If your boat doesn't come in, you go out and get it. Come on. You got to go out and get it. God told the Israelites, I give you the promised land. I give it to you, right? Wasn't it a gift? But they had to go in it. They had to face the giants. They had to defeat the enemies. They had to overturn the cities, right? God gave it to them. It was a gift. It was theirs. He said it was theirs, but they had to go in. They had to take some action. 
So here are these lepers. They call Jesus master. He is the master of leprosy. What does the master of leprosy do? He wipes it out. He gets rid of it. He eradicates it. He's the only one who can. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. The moment they asked for it, he responded. If they didn't say something first, he'd have kept walking. You know the story of Jesus walking on the water in the storm? Do you realize he almost was going to, he was almost going to walk past the boat? But then the, the disciples had to get his attention, right? All right? Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Okay? So, Part of what they had to do was when you were cleansed of leprosy, you had to go to the priest and the priest would examine you. The priest was like the doctors of those days that dealt with leprosy. And if the priest cleared you, then you were good to socialize again. Okay? So this is now, they're not even close. This is a distance, right? They're having this conversation with Jesus. Okay? And... uh He says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, see, action again. They were cleansed. Okay? Everybody say, it came to pass. That's the quickening of seed time and harvest right there. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. He's about to celebrate his mercy. See, when, when you activate mercy and you receive it, then you gotta celebrate it. How do you celebrate mercy? You praise him. You worship him. You express thanksgiving to him. Amen? God loves it when we are grateful. When we show gratitude. When we thank him for the little things. Amen? That man, 10% was, the, was only 10% took a closer look to see what was happening to them. Okay? So he turned back and with a, with a what? Everybody say a loud voice. Say loud voice. It started with a loud voice and it continues with a loud voice. See, after you receive mercy, you can't be quiet about it. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. No, he said with a loud voice. With a loud voice, what did he do? He glorified God. He thanked God for the source of mercy. He thanked him for the mercy that he gave him. Amen? And he fell down on his face at his feet... Giving him thanks. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. You're so incredible. Hallelujah. And he was a Samaritan. Who? Those Samaritans, I'll tell you what. The woman at the well, 
The man who took care of the guy that was beaten up and this guy. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? The nine didn't pay enough attention to what was happening. The nine didn't realize that they had mercy given to them. They had a second chance given to them. And even though they had mercy, they didn't celebrate the mercy that they got. Right? Were there not nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God and save, save this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee what? Whoo! I'm telling you, though the, 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 the ten, they were cleansed, right? No more, but the one that came back and celebrated the mercy of God, he was made whole. There was no evidence left of leprosy ever being there. How many know when Naaman had leprosy in the Old Testament and he went to go see the prophet because of the servant girl said, there's a prophet in Israel that heals people. So he went and the prophet didn't even meet him. He sent his servant out and he said, go wash in the, in the Jordan seven times. He's like, he's got all huffy and puffy. Sometimes when you don't, when you, when you want God to operate in your little box, when you think God has to do it this way, he has to do it my way. No, let God do it his way. Leave the way up to God. You don't worry about the way. You just do what he says. You just obey. I don't like the Jordan. We got better rivers than the Jordan. And then the servant person. Well, if he told you to do something great when you do it. Well, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do it? Okay. So he dipped seven times in the Jordan. You know what the Bible says? After the seventh time he came out of the water, his skin was like a baby's skin. You know, leprosy, it, it causes your toes and fingers to fall off. You know, leprosy is like hockey. They were having a face-off in the corner. But his, his skin was renewed like that of a baby's skin. This person who was made whole, not only was the leprosy stopped, but everything that the leprosy did was completely reversed. Why? That's the power of mercy. They didn't have a cure for leprosy back then. They did their best to wrap them up and put them outside of the community. But Jesus came along and made them whole. Because he tapped into the mercy of God. He cried out for mercy. Amen? I want you to go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Here's another one that cried out for mercy. Verse 46. If you want mercy, should you just sit there? Should you be quiet? You gotta activate, how do you activate the mercy? You use your activator called your M-O-U-T-H, your mouth. You cry out for mercy, right? If you want mercy, you gotta cry out for it. You gotta request it. You gotta ask for it. I'm gonna keep drilling that. Amen? Why? 
Because everyone who's going to get the revelation is going to get a hold of that. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus means the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Well, if you're blind, you can't work. They didn't have Medicare, right? The only thing that you could do to earn a living is to beg. And he sits by the road exiting the city where a lot of people travel by. And he's begging. Everybody say, he's blind. And he's begging. If you're blind and you're begging, you know, God can turn that situation around. But you got to request it. You got to cry out for it. You got to ask for it. Amen? So he's sitting there begging. All right? Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, what comes by hearing Jesus? Faith comes by hearing. Jesus is the Word. He is the Word made flesh. He sat there. Yes, he was begging, but he was listening. And he heard the word of Jesus. He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the one who heals people, the one who raises the dead, the one who makes the lame walk, the deaf ears open, he hears Jesus. And something comes to his heart. I can change my begging into believing. I can change my blindness into sight. And I'm going to get the mercy of God to help me. Bartimaeus is in a situation that he can't change himself. He needs something greater to help him. He needs something to come on his scene and help him where he is. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to what? He began to cry out. Oh, I'm telling you, how, how long do you need to wait to act on the word after you hear the word? I'm just processing the word. Well, how long are you going to process? He either meant what he said or he didn't. Either what he said is true or it's not. You don't have to process nothing. You have to believe it. He didn't say process with your heart and confess with your mouth. He said believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. The moment he heard it, that was all the evidence that Bartimaeus needed. He didn't need any other proof. He didn't need any other evidence. He didn't need another testimony. He didn't need another report. He got the report that he needed. Whose report are you going to believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. So he began to cry out and said, Jesus, son of David... Have mercy on him. This is a, 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 a title of honor. He, he is recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the one whom God has sent. Hallelujah. Jesus, because they prophesied that the Messiah would be a son of David. He would come from the Davidic family line. And Jesus fit that bill. He began to cry out. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He began to cry out for mercy. Have mercy on me. Because he knew that mercy could change his situation. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. This was the religious group. If religion shushes you, get louder. Don't let religion put a stop on your voice. Don't let religion... Religion wants to keep you bound. Jesus wants to set you free. How many want freedom more than being bound? I love the faith of Bartimaeus. Many... Not just one, many charged him. <gasps> you shouldn't act like that in church. Really? How should I act? Like a frog on a log? You know, church should be exciting and fun. Do you realize that, I don't know where it is, but I know it's in the Bible, that it talks about heaven, that it was so loud that it shook the building. Of praise. Amen. How many know we, we, we are shakers? If you want to be a breaker, you got to be a shaker. Amen. Sometimes God's got to shake some things in order to break some things. And something that the, the shaking might be you. What did the Bible say? Every shaking begins in where? In the house of God. See, God's people get in such a routine. And when God wants to mess up the routine, we get upset. You messed up my little routine. Well, your routine wasn't based in the word. It needed to be messed up. Amen? Do you think that if the disciples could have predicted what was going to happen at the day of Pentecost, that they would have had 120 there? You know, Jesus didn't tell them what was going to happen. He said, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem for the promise of my father. Okay. So they were all in this upper room, 120 people. Probably about four times what we have here tonight. And they were just praising God. Mary was there. The the woman who gave birth to Jesus. Some of the 70 were there. Obviously because Jesus had 12 disciples, then he had 11. So the 70 had to be there as well. Mary Magdalene was there, right? And they're just worshiping God. They didn't know what was going to happen. And they're sitting up in this room. They're worshiping God. All of a sudden, a sound from heaven comes like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. And then it filled, then Flames of tongues got on each one of them, and every 120 people spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They could not have predicted what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to happen. All they knew was to wait for the promise of the Father. But they they had no idea what that would mean. They had no idea what that would look like. And there was no way that they could have put that in a box. Right? What do you think this promise of the Father is? I don't know. What do you think it is? I don't know. I'm just waiting. Just like Jesus said, 
You know, it's good to follow instructions. If Jesus said, wait and expect, then you wait and expect. How long do I wait and expect? You'll know when to not wait anymore. Amen? Why? It'll show up. Okay? So many charged him that he should hold his peace or um, be quiet. Oh, I'm telling you what. They, they, they said, let's have a moment of silent prayer. And the devil said, amen. Prayer shouldn't be silent. When you read the Bible, did you see, do you ever see that they prayed silently? No, they're always using their mouth and raising their voice. Okay? But, I love his response to religion. But he cried the more a great deal. How many know, you, in order to activate mercy, you've got to be determined. You've got to persevere. You've got to override the pressure that the devil's putting on you with some holy pressure. Amen? He cried a great, more, a great deal. Hallelujah. That means he got louder. Everybody say he got louder. That's what we got to do sometimes. You know, long years ago I heard this phrase, never give the devil a microphone. Or if the devil gets loud, you get louder. Amen? Because, you know, because sometimes the devil's hard of hearing. And you got to say it louder. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Why? Jesus is ever ready to disperse mercy. Whenever there's a call or a request for mercy, he is ever ready to disperse mercy. Jesus stood still. Now he, now you got his attention. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he commanded him to be called. And I love this. And they called the blind. The very same people that told him to be quiet are the ones that said, the master wants to see you. Think about that. The ones that just told him to be quiet are the ones that are saying, the master wants to see you. <laughs> God blesses the loud. C- come on. You all missed that. God blesses the loud. I mean, when God speaks, it sounds like thunder. Thunder's not quiet. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Why? He requested mercy, now he's getting comfort. Now he's getting access. Now he's getting, he's, he's getting the power that he needs to do what needs to be done. Take courage. Mercy gives you courage. Rise, he calls you. Are you going to answer his call tonight or are you just going to sit there? Just a thought. And he, casting away his garment, this is expectation. How many know that if you expect to get something new, you got to get away with the old? I mean, you got to do away with the old. The first thing that he does, I'm saying bye-bye to begging. 
I'm not going to be known as a beggar anymore. I'm taking off the garment that identified me as a beggar, that labeled me as a beggar because I was, I'm taking it off. How many are you ready to take some old things off tonight so that you can get something new tonight? And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do unto you? Hello, I'm blind. But how many know that when you request something from God, you've got to be specific? Sometimes God wants to know what you want. Because sometimes we're confused about what we want. We gotta be able to identify what we want. Everybody say, be specific. What should I, in other words, I love what Jesus said, name your miracle. Look at your neighbor and say, name your miracle. Whatever you want me to do, name your miracle. You're part of that name it and claim the group. You bet I am. Why? Are you part of the doubt and go without it? When you, when you enter into a mortgage for a property, do you not have to identify who you are and be specific about what you want? Oh yeah, and then they give you three days to think about it. It's called a rescission period. That if you, if you change your mind, you got three days to change your mind before you commit, because after that third day, hallelujah, after the third day, it's signed, sealed, and delivered, and you got to abide by the contract. I used to be a banker, so it helps you sometimes. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, oh my goodness, you got to recognize that Jesus is greater than your problem. He calls him Lord. Master, Adonai, the great shepherd, Lord. You know, when you confess him as Lord... You're saved. Lord, that I might receive my sight. Only mercy could do this. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. My great power has made you whole. Is that what it said? What does it say? Whose faith? Bartimaeus' faith. Say it was his faith. That made it possible. His faith believed in Jesus. His faith cried out to Jesus. His faith said, I want to receive my sight. Let me read it. What Jesus said, can Jesus lie? No, everything that Jesus said is the absolute truth. Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? He didn't waste a moment. He followed Jesus. Why? If he he gave me this mercy, he's going to have more mercy. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. I'm going to follow him. Amen? No more begging. He went from begging to believing. Which worked out better? Begging or believing? Believing opened up his eyes. Begging may have got him some coins, but believing opened up his sight. Where now he can work. He can be productive. 
Amen? But what did he have to do? He had to cry out for mercy. If Bartimaeus would have sat there and said nothing, Jesus would have kept walking. It was the attention that he put out there with his voice. He requested mercy. He cried out for mercy, and he got mercy. The lepers cried out for mercy, and they got mercy. Moses asked for mercy, and he got mercy. Are you seeing a pattern here? If you want mercy tonight, you can't be silent. If you want mercy tonight, if you need mercy to do something for you, to change the situation that you're in, to change the circumstance that you're in, you've got to cry out for it. Amen? Otherwise, you would have come here tonight and mercy would have passed you by. It would have slipped out of your fingers and you would have left in the same shape that you came in. But if you cry out for mercy, God will meet you because he, he loves to disperse mercy. He loves to give mercy. He, he got some new mercy here tonight. He shipped it ahead of time before you got here. It was ready for you. And there's more than enough to pass around. There's more than enough to share. And I guarantee you, one taste of mercy, and you will have tasted the best thing that you've ever tasted in your life. And then taste and see that the Lord is good. Our God is good. He does good things. Amen? His mercy is powerful. His mercy is here. His mercy is available. He paid a great price so that you could have his mercy. And if you want it, You can have it, and if you don't need it, that's fine. But I believe that some people walked in here tonight needing mercy for either a transgression or for healing or for deliverance or for oppression. You need mercy in one way, shape, or form the other. You know, when David sinned, Psalm 51, first thing he did, he cried out for mercy. He said, remove this transgression from me. Why? He messed up. He did something he shouldn't have done. He slept with Bathsheba, then he went to kill, you know, and then that caused a lot of problems. But he cried out for mercy. And guess what? God gave him mercy. Didn't mean that he didn't have consequences, but he had mercy. Amen? If you need mercy tonight, you came to the right place. You didn't know what you were going to get tonight. But tonight we have mercy on the menu. And if you need it to heal you, to help you, to strengthen you, to deliver you, to get you unstuck, to set you free from a habit or bondage, I'm telling you, God's mercy is here in abundance, fresh for you. But if you want it, you can't be silent. You gotta, you gotta tap into it. I mean, if you just, if you wanna water your flowers, Can you just stare that hose down and expect water to come out of it? What are you doing? I'm staring the hose down. Why? Water's going to come out of it. Just go on and turn on the spigot. Amen? Sometimes we we think so goofy. Amen? I've thought goofy before. And God corrected my goofiness. So if you're here tonight... And you need mercy for something in your life. You've got to cry out for it. You've got to go after it. You've got to request it. Amen. And when you do, God will answer you and he will give it to you. I don't know what you need, but you do. I'm just telling you, mercy's here. It's here for the taking. And whoever needs it, come and get it. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Those of you that can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Glory to God. See, if you need mercy, you've got to come get it. Hallelujah. Just like Bartimaeus, he couldn't just sit there. He had to come get it. Hallelujah. You're about to receive mercy tonight. The mercy of God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Lord, that you give us.